No. Enough. Even torturing you is boring. This is the small council. Welcome back to another episode of Small Council Radio, live from the Red Keep. Who's this guy talking? This isn't David. No, this is Cyrus, uh, guest hosting today with our new intro. Yes, Small Council Radio has an intro now. Uh, Today, uh, we're going to have a few topics to discuss, but uh, first off, we're going to bring in the actual host of the show, not this schmuck that's talking right now, uh, Dave. Welcome into Small Council Radio. How you doing? Awesome. You know, excited to, uh, you know, get another episode in. And I love the intro. I I think uh, think a lot of people out there will love it. I can't take credit for any of that. So uh, <laughs> anyone uh, listening in, definitely throw some comments out there and any of the posts that you see and let us know what you think. Uh, I think Cyrus uh, did an amazing job. So um, super excited. So I spent literal minutes, whole minutes, learning how to do (laughs) audio editing just for this purpose. Uh, It's a lot more complicated than I thought. Uh, I was playing around with it, cutting together little bits here and there. I have some sound bites for the show for a a further date, but right now we have an intro. And uh, perhaps later on when we close the show, we might have some outro audio. Um, we're still working out the kinks. It might not sound perfectly clear. We're hoping that that comes out clear on the listeners end, and it's not just us. But if you uh, happen to notice anything going on with the audio that sounds kind of funky on your end, listeners, uh, please let us know. Yeah, and we're looking to uh, add some more sound bites, just make the show more interesting. Uh, you know, just to kind of spice things up, um, you know, there's so many features on the blog talk that uh, I have not explored um, and super excited, you know, because uh, blog talk offers a ton of stuff that you can do. Um, but I've, to be quite uh, quite simply, I have been lazy and <laughs> have not really <laughs> explored a lot of it. And uh, it's just... Yeah, I've been trying to get an intro and outro um, for a long time because I don't know how to do any of that stuff. And every time I've tried to kind of make it happen, it's it's kind of fallen through. Uh, so super excited because I know I, I mentioned something about an intro and outro like beginning of 2021 or something like that. So <laughs> um, super excited. So me and uh, my buddy Kurt, who's uh, been on the show before, uh, Belsarius on the Discord, uh, we had kicked around the idea of doing a podcast between me and him, and that was all pre-COVID. And then COVID hit, and that just threw everybody's plans out of out of whack. But at that time, I was playing around with the Audacity app, and then seeing it's like, okay, I could, you know, I got to do this file here and play around with this file there and nothing ever came of it um but then like we said uh when you guys brought me into the fold here i was kicking around the idea again of maybe doing a podcast it's like i yeah, want you just join us it's like well maybe i could bring in some of the ideas <laughs> that i had 
uh, for my own podcast. I just bring them to a small council and we can all use them together. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, exactly. So um, with that said, uh, what, uh, what would you say is uh, the best, uh, the first topic we should talk about? Uh, well, today we had some news hit uh, hit the discords. Uh, we saw some new leaks, some new stuff, uh, which is always fun. We got to see uh, the front of uh, two of the Golden Company units, the Elephants and the Swordsmen. Uh, that might be a worthwhile topic to discuss. Yep, and I mean, it's kind of old news by now, but we did see the the other Golden Company unit as well. Um, so we do, other than point costs, we do have context of all of the Golden Company, uh, all three of the Golden Company units, um, which will be interesting. I think the only thing kind of missing now is the attachment, plus um, I can only imagine there's probably a, you know, another neutral hero box coming soon, and there's probably a golden company commander of some sort in there, you know, because we got the bloody mummers, we got the Boltons and we got the storm crows and they all kind of have, um, you know, uh, two to four units plus commanders, uh, depending on which sub faction we're talking about. So with the golden company being like the next sub faction for neutrals, I, I can only imagine that there's going to be at minimum one commander at some point. I mean, at least you can't have an entire sub faction and not have a commander come out for it. Uh, it may take a little while. That it might be. It might have to wait until Neutral Heroes three. But I imagine there's got to be something. There has to be something that makes sense of the massive point cost that these uh, Golden Company units are going to have. Uh, we still don't know the true point cost, but you can imagine that the elephants are going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of seven or eight, and that the swordsmen are going to be somewhere around the neighborhood of probably seven. I think six might be too good for them as they are, and eight would probably be too much, so probably seven. So these are going to be expensive neutral units, and uh, with the points or with the uh, abilities that they have, which I will go into what abilities we know that these new golden company units have but you got to figure that there's got to be some other kind of kicker be it from the attachment or the the golden company commander that might be coming that will push these guys over to the edge and make us understand oh yeah that's why they're so expensive because they have the potential to be really good so i'm going to go out on a limb and i'm going to say the uh the War Elephant is seven points, and I'm actually going to say the Golden Company Swordsmen are six. I know that makes them a really strong six-pointer, but just kind of comparing them to, uh, let's say, uh, Red Cloaks, I think it's very similar. Um, I think it's similar dice. They hit at the similar, I believe their armor and morale is similar, movement similar. So really you're talking about abilities and uh um, so I think I could totally see these guys being six points. Then again, I could, I guess, technically, I, I, I could see them being seven as well, but I'm going to go on a limb and throw my, throw uh, my hat in the six point bucket. Yeah, I'm leaning towards seven. They are almost Night's Watch Swarm Brothers with, uh, 
four armor, essentially five morale with their iron resolve. Uh, same attack profile, same movement. They have sundering. The only difference would be their, uh, they don't have martial training. Instead, they have highest attack die value owning the bags. And their iron resolve is better than just a standard five morale since they're also getting minus one wound from panic, which the Swarm Brothers don't have. So, and Swarm Brothers are seven. So I figure that's probably pretty similar to them. That would be my uh, my comparison. And that's why I would say that that's what I would, would be thinking that they were. Mm-hmm. Well, for the sake of a Golden Company army, uh, I'm hoping they are uh, six points. Just because I'm pretty confident the War Elephant is at minimum seven. I'm going to say seven, but they could definitely be eight. Uh, and then we already know, I believe, the Crossbowmen uh, are eight. So if we're looking at seven for these guys, eight for the elephant, eight for the crossbowman, I mean, you're really only going to be able to run one elephant, one crossbowman, and two swordsmen because that's going to put you at, what, uh, 20, 30 points for those four units, only leaving you with 10 points left. Um, So unless maybe there's another golden company unit coming down the line, and this is supposed to be more of their elite, version uh their elite like infantry and they'll be coming out with a more uh cost effective uh infantry down the line but we'll have to see um but uh i'm having a hard time seeing the war elephants text so why don't you uh take us away with uh reading out the stats for this guy yeah sure let me uh pull them back up again and just finally on the uh on the cost I got to imagine there's going to be another shoe to drop to justify if they are more expensive. Perhaps the Golden Company commander could drop the cost of one or two Golden Company units in their army uh, to justify that. Uh, But who knows? Uh, So let's uh, look closer at the Golden Company war elephant. We have six speed, three plus to hit, four dice at their only one rank. Three armor, six morale, and they have the innate war elephant, uh, two innate abilities. Uh, This unit has eight wounds and cannot control objectives, which is similar to the way that the mammoth works. This unit can only suffer a maximum of two wounds from failing panic, which is also similar to the mammoth. But here's where they differ. Each time this unit would perform an action, if there is no friendly Golden Company infantry within long range, it must perform one morale test. On a failure, it cannot perform that action. That is pretty big. That means that you're going to need to bring Golden Company infantry in support to make sure that you don't have empty stations or empty actions. I mean, if you need to get a maneuver or a march or a retreat on top of you know, needing to get an attack in, and then all of a sudden you can't, that could really mess you up. At the bottom, we have the Stomp melee ability, which is vicious. Defenders do not roll defense dice, and when charging, this attack gains plus one attack die for each of the defender's remaining ranks. That's pretty big. On a charge, you could be rolling four dice, uh, I'm sorry, uh, four plus an additional three dice, making it seven dice hitting on threes with a charge that don't allow defense dice. 
that right there is probably the biggest draw. Uh, you have the potential to do some serious damage uh, while maintaining some defense. I mean, seven dice uh, hitting on threes is what pyromancers roll, and their defense is six, and this elephant is a three. So more sturdy, uh, high potential on damage. Uh, it looks solid. If it's a seven, it might be worth it, but you also have to figure in that you're going to want to bring some Golden Company infantry in with it as well. you got to budget that in your neutral points. You're going to have to budget that uh, as far as your army composition and how you're going to fit in the elephant and a Golden Company infantry unit that might be, may or may not be six or seven points. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a very interesting problem to have. I'm sure that some uh, armies will be able to figure it out. Uh, I'm thinking about like Gregor in a unit of uh, of Golden Company storm uh, uh, sword, swordsman and having the elephant running around causing havoc with its. Uh, <laughs> you can get assault orders, have the elephant attack multiple times. Uh, yeah, it it, it well, could you be could fun. have him riding the elephant. And then yeah, assault yeah, orders would have, give you a yeah. free charge. There you go. That, that, <laughs> uh, Simon, get on this now. We need a Gregor riding elephant model immediately. <laughs> um, I know you, you kind of mentioned it as you were talking about War Elephant, but uh, the stomp is innate. Um, yes. So you cannot take any of that stuff away. Um, yep. And another important thing, I think, uh, even though it has the drawback of if it's not within long, uh, has to take morale or it can't uh, perform that action, uh, that does not prevent it from activating. So the step, the process would be, okay, I choose my elephant to activate. I go to choose an action, and then that's where it would potentially maybe do nothing. So now, yes, doing nothing would really suck, but um, you still would get to activate it uh, as a worst-case scenario so that you would not lose an activation. So it's not like uh, when this, um, you know, it wouldn't be like, uh, you know, if you fail this morale test, you can't activate it. You just can't perform right. the action. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's not as bad of a downside as that, but it's still not good. I mean, if you're missing out on an attack, yeah. that's one thing. <laughs> but if you if you need to retreat or you die and then all of a sudden you can't retreat, that's not good. Yeah, um, yeah, because it's it's any action. So no matter yep. what you wanted to do, if it was attack, charge, retreat, maneuver, march, any of that stuff. Um, so, but I like the idea of it. I like the I like what I'm seeing with this this war elephant way way more than I uh, from what I see with a mammoth. Um, mm. I think a mammoth has a lot of potential, um, but. I think it's just kind of missing a, a, a little bit here or there. Whereas this elephant, as long as it's seven points, I don't know, eight points just seems a little much for me. So, right. um, seven points, though, uh, I think is like the right cost for this guy. Uh, and there's there's, there's buddy, some other not... interactions. Uh, like there's some other interactions you could do to make this work. Say Dario Naharis and his reckless strikes, you can give him critical blow to have those uh, no defense saves. Probably bump it up into seven, eight, nine, ten, no defense saves. Uh, you could run him in a Joffrey list, and you can add two uh, attack dice uh, uh, with his "You will obey me" on an elephant. 
making his mother <laughs> proud. I mean, yeah, that uh, th- there's some pretty interesting interactions that you could pull off with this thing. Yep. Yeah, and uh, um, and it's very you know only eight wounds, but that you know with that three up save and a you know a, a moderately uh, like decent uh, morale of a six up, it's going to be a lot more survivable than you might think. And then obviously the capping at only two wounds for a panic, it means in order to one shot this thing, you would have to do six wounds on a three up save. And they'd have to fail that panic test. So, um, yep. granted, with only eight wounds, as always, you're going to want to have some uh, like a safety net. Uh, I think Tycho would be amazing. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people are not running him as much with his new point costs, but uh, I've still been running him um, from time to time, and uh, he's just as game changing as ever. Um, you know, you obviously you got to find room for that one extra point, but, um, you know, Tycho is being run all the time at four points for a reason. So I still think he has a place at five. Um, you just, if you invest into, into the war elephant, um, you just kind of want to have a safety net. Um, and that's not because you are expected to have to heal him because he's just going to die from anything but you never know what you might encounter. You know, you might just have a matchup where they have, like, a certain thing that's going to potentially, you know, kill them in two hits. Uh, You could just have a run of bad luck with dice, or, you know, they have, like, the exact tactics card that they need. So, so yeah, I think uh, Tycho um, or any other, like, healing, you know, because being a neutral unit can be in any army but free folk uh so you'll definitely have other ways but as far as a neutral player you'll have you'll have Tycho. Well for sure. All right. So and then the next one, the one I'm I mean, I should say I'm excited for both of them. Crossbowmen, <laughs> you know, at 8 points I can't necessarily say I'm super excited for them, but um but the Golden Company Swordsmen, I think their sculpts look awesome, the art looks awesome, and I love the concept of like what they're doing, um, especially with uh, with their ability. But they're coming in at uh, a five move. A uh, their attack profile is a seven five four hitting on threes. They have a four up defense, a six up morale. Uh, they have tactical strike, giving them thundering. And while you control the letter. This attack rolls its highest attack die value, so being a 7. Uh, and then they have the Iron Resolve, which is plus 1 to panic tests. Keep that in mind. Uh, so that is not morale tests. And suffer minus 1 wound from failing panic tests. So essentially, like uh, like you were saying, there are 5 up morale with a minus 1 to the to the damage. Um, you know, that could be huge. Uh, you know, I'm already thinking of some, you know, goofy little combos with, uh, you know, um, throwing these guys in uh, in some Greyjoys. I know they wouldn't be Greyjoy for some of those keywords, but I think it'd be uh, be pretty funny. Um, so, I don't know. And I think, uh, as you were saying, these guys are going to be key. Uh, you know, anytime you run a War Elephant, you're probably going to see a unit of these guys. So it's almost like they go hand in hand. 
Now, granted, you don't necessarily have to run a war elephant if you're running these guys, but if you see a war elephant, you're probably going to see these guys until crossbowmen either get kind of looked at and changed uh, for points or uh, some attachment and or commander comes out that kind of shows us why the crossbowmen are um, eight points because, you know, there's always, you know, there's always the potential that there's something out there that we don't know about, which is why they've justified, you know, the point cost they have. Right. So I was talking about this earlier on Discord. Uh, I can't remember uh, which room it was. I'm pretty sure that it was the, uh, I think it was the Sunday Slaughter Discord. Anyway, uh, my question was, if these are seven points, like I was thinking, if they're six points, I think they're really good and they're probably going to be taken in a lot of armies. But if they're seven points, would you want these over your other seven-point neutral options? So let's say Stormcrow Dervishes. They are faster. They have movement shenanigans, but their morale is much diff- much worse. And a lot of people said, no, no, wouldn't take uh, dervishes. If you want movement shenanigans, look at cavalry. It's like, okay, great, excellent comparison. Would you want these guys over hedge knights? Hedge knights at seven, you got your cavalry maneuverability, you have sundering, you have potential vulnerables when you're attacking, you have the potential of getting down to three armor instead of four, and six morale. So uh, these guys would win out in a morale test. But... At seven points, if these guys are seven, again, it's it's an assumption on my part. I'm I'm operating on that assumption. Would you take these guys over hedge knights? And I don't think I would. If I got seven points to spare worth of neutrals, I'd probably take hedge knights. Uh, but that being said, if these guys are six, there's a lot of armies that would happily take them. And uh, just having sundering in a, in a in a sturdy infantry unit that has good morale. Uh, there's some armies where these guys actually beat out their mainstay infantry units. Uh, thinking of like Lannisters when you're looking at guardsmen, you'd rather have these guys over guardsmen. You might even want these guys over uh, the uh, red cloaks because of their offensive potential. You might be able to get through more wounds just with direct damage than having to rely on just panic tests because uh, panic tests can be all or nothing if you're if you're facing. Night's Watch or or Targaryens, and they just keep passing their panic tests, and then your Red Cloaks aren't doing much for you. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how these guys shake out and what their actual point cost is. They're solid. They they got a very well-rounded profile with abilities that cover things offensively and defensively. Uh, but if they are costed like we think a lot of these Golden Company units are, and cost and point and costed on the conservative more expensive side then there's there's probably units in the game that we would probably take first yeah i think these guys as is are kind of in that limbo you know they're they're like a 6.5 unit set like you're saying at seven points running these guys over hedge knights or even bastards girls uh i just i can't see it most of the time or uh or even, like you said, if you put them down to six. Now, with that said, I think an easy change would be if you want to make these guys seven, you know, give them that three-up save. 
uh, or um, if you want to make them six, uh, put the sundering behind a uh, behind the wealth zone. So if you control the wealth, they gain sundering. If you control the letter, they gain highest attack die. Um, and this way now both abilities are situational while giving you the ability to potentially have both. And it stays true with the uh, zones that, uh, that neutrals kind of like. Um, or you could even, uh, you know, put an ability that's, you know, give them um, uh, an ability that, uh, that unlocks uh, a plus one armor if they have a certain zone uh, to make them that three up. I don't know. I think uh, they're just in that awkward spot where you can justify or not justify six or seven points for these guys. Sorry, I was looking but, uh, at a message. I'm uh, I'm running a uh, tournament, the uh, North American Invitational, and we had uh, trouble in, in one of the games, and I was just uh, looking at my messages and trying to uh, to figure out what happened. Mediate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it seems like everything's fine, but it, it drew my attention. No, you're good. So really, really hoping these guys are six. I know I think that's – between the two options of either seven and not seeing much play just because of all the other options out there or six and kind of seeing a lot of them at first, I truly believe that if these guys were six, you would see a lot of them at first. Um, and, but you, I think that would kind of die down over time. And I think you might just see uh, one every so often in lists if there were six points. Unless, obviously, it's like Golden Company themed, then obviously that'd be a little different. But yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm super excited for both these units. They look awesome. Uh, the concepts are awesome. Um, you know, I've been kind of waiting for Golden Company for a while now. Uh, as far as the Bowman, as a recap, just for context of the fact that, you know, Golden Company and everything, of course, it's going to probably be forever up the thing, looking at the small council uh, leaked, um, I shouldn't say leaked, new reveal tab. You got to start uh, pinning those. So. You got to pin them. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's pinning? I don't even know what the, this, that oh. is. Oh, dear. We got we to gotta <laughs> learn yet some. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's way up there. Man, the just goes to show how long ago they were, so, they were revealed. Yeah. Okay. So I going got them from now. memory. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I could go from memory real quick. I think I'd probably get 95% <laughs> of the card, but probably not all of it. No, I, I got the, I found the image where it was someone comparing Builder Crossbowmen plus Vengeance Stark because Crossbowmen are seven. Builder, Builder Crossbowmen are seven and Vengeance Stark is one point to Golden Company Crossbowmen who are eight points, so essentially the same cost as Benjamin in Builder Crossbowmen. Anyways, so the Golden Company Crossbowmen is a move of five. They have the crossbow at long range with a six six four hitting on threes. They have the short sword with five four three hitting on fours, a five up save, a six up morale. They have the order sentinel. After a friendly unit in long range is attacked, this unit performs one charge or maneuver action. If charging, it must charge 
target the attacker. Uh, it has the crossbow, ranged ability giving sundering, may re-roll attack dice when attack enemies in short range, and they gain iron resolve. This unit has plus one to panic test rolls and suffer minus one wound from failing panic tests. Now, I will say, um, after seeing Kevin Lannister, Commander, I do have a little hope that there is going to possibly be a commander that's just going to love sitting in these guys. Um, heck, it could even be Kevin, you know, if we're, since it's a neutral unit. Granted, that's a lot of points still. Eight points for a stock uh, um, ranged unit is a lot to invest. But um, Kevin Lannister in these guys uh, could could uh I think do quite a bit. Um, you know, because now uh you have that Lannister supremacy on them, so if they're trying to be shot at, they're doing the Lannister supremacy thing. Um if uh you're doing the shooting, you're taking the crown to get the extra shot, uh you have the Sentinel order to get within uh short range uh to then get your re rolls if needed uh, or move into the flank of someone. So I, I have some hope, but I don't know. Uh, I think it's been pretty universally uh, agreed upon that this is probably one of the most overcost units ever to exist. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> it's think? definitely yeah, it's definitely up there. Eight <laughs> points, uh, yeah. It's it's hard to imagine. I mean, in a lot of armies, it's uh, take this pretty decent ranged unit or heavy cavalry. I mean, what's the choice yeah. there? Uh, but I think it is interesting drawing some parallels between the two units. Uh, swordsmen and crossbows both have iron resolve, which is interesting to note. Is that going to be kind of a theme with these Golden Company units? Are they going to be leaning more into panic survival, which is kind of a you know kick in the kick in the rear end for panic themed lists? that rely on, on units to fail panic and take wounds. Uh, it is kind of annoying that we see more and more panic resistance for factions that uh, like to run, namely Lannisters come to mind. Um, yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, how the Golden Company shake up. But one thing that we need... We're going to need detail. Copious. We got to know more about these other units. We got to know what the points are for the war elephant. We got to know what the attachment is. We got to know what the points are for the swordsman. And we got to know what else is happening. So, uh, yeah, we got to, we got to figure this out because it's, it's, it's eating at me already. I, I, I want to know all the information. I need copious details. <laughs> yeah. It's, it makes it really hard to theory craft when, you know, you don't even know where to start with points. Um, right. So I'm hoping we see those soon, especially for those that are, you know, playing uh, TTS. You know, once you kind of have all the rules leaked out there, you can, uh, you know, start just uploading it straight into TTS and start getting some testing in. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that with... Uh, with the leaked uh, front halves, it shouldn't be too long until we start seeing the point costs. 
Yeah, I would uh, figure that it would have been pretty quickly. I, I thought that it was going to happen today, but we went the entire day, and that was all that we saw. Uh, but it will, it will trickle in eventually. I'm just a very impatient person. <laughs> uh, yeah, you and me both. Um, you know, I'm still sitting here waiting for my, my Dorn. <laughs> yeah, I was so impatient. I, don't I think believe... I mentioned it. I mentioned it on the show before. Uh, as soon as, uh, it started coming out that, uh, the Heroes Box 3s were available in the UK, and who knows when they're going to be available in the States. I'm like, uh, yeah, let's, uh, what's a good UK retail site. Let me look, let me look up here and I ended up buying them off of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, if I recall, they haven't released any, anything for the, um, Dorn yet. Right. As far as like, uh, like units, stats, not anything, no leaks, no reveals. Uh, no, no, it's been pretty quiet uh, in the reveal department. Uh, haven't even gotten any sense that uh, these things have been opened up in Singapore or anything, which is usually what ends up happening is is uh, they they end up hitting stores uh, in Asia first, and then they're the ones that do all the the leaking. Uh, it has not happened for us yet. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to bet it's probably going to happen around their quarter four, probably like Black Friday, kind of like how Night's Watch came out. That's my guess. Um, you know, I'm kind of in that limbo where I want them right now. But then again, I have so much to paint at the moment um, that uh, the longer it takes for them to get here, the better. <laughs> I've already planned on dropping everything to start painting them. Uh, so my goal is to have Greyjoys, Starks, and Baratheons 100% painted and done before they uh, get here. Yeah, it sound, it doesn't sound like uh, you're, you're, you're trying. We are trying, to... my lord. Try harder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know... Easier said than done, I suppose. But <laughs> then again, I guess technically everything is easier said than done. Very true. As I mean, far as why, why do you think we're on a podcast and just talking about this stuff? Yeah, those that can't do, make a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, do you want to talk about uh, the other news that hit today? Uh, looks like Simon uh, organized play has uh, closed its doors. We do not have an organized play department right now, it looks like. Um, seeing as I uh, worked 24 yesterday and had to stay late and then I picked some friends up from the airport, I don't think I've seen that info. So I really? am in the dark. <laughs> okay. Yes. So uh, um. <laughs> ju judging by the uh, the noise... Uh, which is kind of uh, apropos based on the title of this uh, this episode. What's that noise? There's been some noise. Um, the organized play email is not currently functioning right now, and it is believed that uh, Robert Fulkerson, uh, who is the chief of organized play, is is uh, no longer in that role. Uh, 
so we are having a hard time figuring out uh, how to get a hold of CMON bit for you know regional kits and 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 information. It was funny they released a Facebook post today. Uh, it was roughly around noon that was mentioning hey, email organized play at cmon.com for information and, and, and regional stuff. And that email is not functioning. Uh, multiple people have said that they've received uh, 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 replies back. That is not a valid email, email right now. So it's hard to say exactly what's going on, but uh, th there might be some, some reshuffling over there. There's going to be some, some rough waters here trying to, especially I have a regional coming up this weekend. And right now I'm not sure who to send my results to or how to get them submitted to make sure that whoever wins gets their uh, nationals invite. Uh, I, it, I, we haven't really heard anything from, from CMON for, from, you know, what to do or, or what's really going on. It's just, like we said, it's just kind of the noise and, and, uh, and chatter that's been going on. Yeah, that, that would definitely be a little concerning. Um, Robert's an awesome guy. I've met him in person a couple of times and, Oh yeah, I met uh, him too. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just so happens, you know, you're, uh, qualifier and my qualifier on the same day. Um, so I, you mentioned it, it's definitely uh, something I'm going to have to be looking into to how to get the results to who's getting the qualif uh, qualified spot and who to let know about that information. Um, but I think worst case, uh, I'll be at the qualifier event uh, in at Gen Con. Um, so whoever gets it at mine, I'll just kind of have to like vouch for them and be like, Hey, this is the yeah. person. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be tricky. Uh, you kind of hope that you have confirmation on these things before you make the trip out there. Uh, I'd hate to, you know, fly out there or drive out there and then find out, well, we have no information on you getting an invite. Uh, and we are already full. Sorry. That would really suck. Yep. So, yeah, uh, hopefully we get this squared away. Do you remember when Nationals is? I forgot the date. Um, I believe it's Friday, Saturday, uh, if I'm not mistaken, as far as, okay. like, days of the week. Could be uh -huh. Saturday, Sunday, but I could have sworn it was, like, you know, not the usual. Um, but it should be August um, – so Gen Con is August 3rd through the 7th, so that's okay. the first week in August. And so that Friday would be the 5th and Saturday the 6th. Um, so it should be, if I'm not mistaken, the 5th and the 6th. But worse, sure. uh, Or the other option would be the 6th and the 7th. And only if okay. you uh, uh, qualify, because uh, I believe the second day, whether the second day is Saturday or Sunday, is the... 16, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so if you don't qualify for that, they also do have other tournaments available. So uh, even if you're going, if you've qualified already and you don't make the top 16, um, just keep in mind that they will have other events to uh, help you pass the time. 
Well, there's still some time then, uh, about two months uh, to go for them to get this figured out and let us know. Uh, I am you know, eager to find out because, uh, well, I was hoping that they would be doing uh, price support for these regional tournaments, but it hasn't happened until now. And the funny thing about that Facebook post is it mentioned that uh, price support was going to be available for these regionals. Let me see if I can find this thing real quick. I'll read it off for the the fine folks of Small Council Radio. Yeah, while you're finding that, uh, I had messaged uh, a while back, and I was told personally that there would not be any um, after having read, I think, what you're finding now, that there would be. Fortunately, I have a small little stockpile uh, of stuff to give away at mine you know i have like 10 unit boxes and a huge box of random goodies between dice rulers tokens and card sleeves and then i have a couple starter boxes so um i'm pretty fortunate in that regard but um it is Mm -hmm. a little disappointing uh i was hoping to kind of take that plus whatever simon was going to provide plus the store credit that uh, is being given away at, um, at from the shop itself, my shop. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really odd timing because uh, the uh, hubbub about uh, about Robert not being uh, with Simon anymore happened yesterday, and then today at three o'clock central, they popped up on their main Facebook page, which doesn't get a whole lot of traffic. Uh, or not traffic, but a whole lot of uh, engagement. Uh, Every now and then they have posts on here, but they can be uh, a week or two apart. Uh, But here it's got a big banner for the U.S. National uh, Championship. And, uh, yeah, saying that the National Championship is right around the corner. We just wanted to remind stores that there's still time to host a qualifier event. This is a free service available to all interested and willing to participate and includes prize support. Please uh, email the email address that doesn't seem to be working right now for inquiries and details. Weird stuff, man. Uh, I haven't been, I I don't think I've been through anything quite like this. Uh, And I wish I had uh, more concrete information to be able to share now that I'm uh, officially the host on a podcast uh, with you and the rest <laughs> of the guys, but I don't. Uh, we're all kind of in the dark here. So it's just hard to say uh, what we should do or, or or if we should just let them work it out or if we need to raise our questions to to uh, whoever's uh, next in line over there and say, hey, what do we do about this? We got tournaments, things that we got you know, less than two months for the nationals. We got to we got want to know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Because as far as I was aware, is that the person, the only person that was going to actually be at Gen Con, the only one, was Robert. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I could be totally wrong. Yeah. Um, and if he is no longer doing it. Um, then you gotta, I guess, ask yourself who is uh, step who's going to be there to, you know, run the whole thing. And um, if they do find someone, is this someone going to be familiar with how the tournament is supposed to be run? Because the last thing, 
you know, you kind of want is things to not run smoothly. Not only that, but I've seen it happen in the past where you just have someone who's just kind of there, doesn't know what they're doing, and then you have a bunch of the players kind of just all huddling around trying to hurdle suggestions or, or trying to tell them how it's supposed to be when they're misinformed and that's not how it's supposed to be, and then they just kind of start winging it. Um, you know, so it is a little concerning. Um, you know, I've I've seen it uh, happen where, you know, you have kind of different uh, events that are having different tiebreakers, uh, and you know, it's it's definitely it can be kind of it can really bum people out when you go to a tournament with certain expectations, and maybe if you're told those expectations right from the get-go before the tournament even starts. That usually helps 99% of it, um, but there's times where you're not kind of informed, and then the you get read the results of the of the tournament, and you find that you didn't uh, you didn't make top cut, uh, or um, or you just didn't place as high as you would like because you know different uh, tiebreakers were used that you may or may not have been able to change. Um, you know, you might have been able to get a higher placing had you known it was one tiebreaker over another. Uh, but still, um, that's uh, something that happened recently. I won't say who, when, or where, um, but it did happen recently. Um, so that's, I was going to make it a point at uh, my qualifier to, like, when I have everyone gather around to make them very clear on what exactly the tiebreaker order is. That way everyone um, is kind of on the same page. That way no one's kind of blindsided by like, hey, how in the world did that guy beat me when I did this and that? And so. So, yeah, we we got a situation like that at my uh, regional this weekend. Uh, I, can, I can't TO it. That was one of their rules that if you're playing in it, you can't be the TO. And I've been TOing all of our other tournaments up at this point. So we got the store owner uh, to TO it, but he hasn't played a game of song in like two years. So he's a bit out of, uh, out of practice. So he's going to have to make rulings on rules that uh, he's going to have to learn on the spot and how to interpret. So yeah, if you do have an inexperienced TO in place, you're going to have to help him help him along. Um, I'm confident that they'll have somebody there that that's going to be able to help us. Uh, like last year, it was at last year at nationals. It was Robert and a member of the sales team, and unfortunately, I've already forgotten his name. Um, <laughs> but I remember there was just a pair. There was a pair of them there uh, last year, and it was, what a great event! I had so much fun last year at nationals. Uh, I, I, I'm confident that it'll work out fine. Uh, it just worries me. I, I guess that's just uh, the mild anxiety because uh, if I do happen to qualify at my regional, I'm going to be going out there, and it's not a short drive. I mean, you, you, you've seen it. We've talked about it. It's about seven and a half hours for us. Uh, I don't want to fly because I don't like the TSA, so we're driving. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm just hoping that it will be a, a smooth – uh, process of proving that we've qualified and that we're, we're supposed to be there. Uh, I don't anticipate, like, even if it's like, oh, you qualified, 
uh, we might have to show them the day of. I just would hate for something to go wrong. That just would be horrible. Yeah. Well, what you could do is you could uh, get, like, a group of, like, six people from your area and just drive out to our qualifier, and then you could earn your invite out here. Sure could. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, that's, that's too much driving. That's too much, too much driving. I got, I got one good road trip in me and I'm saving that for, for nationals. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I'm pretty fortunate. Uh, nationals is only about a four hour drive for me. So, um, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. So me and my buddy, I- uh, went, me and my buddy Kurt went to Gen Con 2019 when we were playing Armada and uh gen con is just fun uh i really enjoyed it there uh but for last year i don't think gen con was uh i don't think they were operating i think they they uh canceled gen con last year because of covid so it'll be nice to go back i'm very excited hopefully i can win this uh this tournament here i might have to throw a, a couple uh extra dollars into the tip jar for our store owners just to make sure that i, I can get first place <laughs> yep so anyone uh in the chicagoland area um uh, we are doing our nash uh, our qualifier event at games plus in mount prospect uh this saturday um doors open at 10 registration 10:30. round one starts at 11 it will be four rounds uh no matter what um no matter how little or many or uh, no matter how many people we get, even if it's a low amount or a high amount, uh, really just because uh, there's only just so much time in the day. I know because if you get, I believe, over 16, you're supposed to do five rounds in order to make sure that there's uh, not more than one undefeated to make it kind of undisputed. Um, so definitely check that out. I believe we only have... Um, I think like three spots left because um, we do have a somewhat of a smaller cap than some places. We only have like a cap of 20 people, uh, and I believe we are at roughly 17. Um, granted, a, a handful of those are all um, uh, kind of on the fence, but they are still technically signed up. So um, just give the call, uh, give the shop a call if you're interested, and they can put you on the list. Um, and even if the list fills up, they'll put you on like the, you know, the first in if like anyone doesn't show. And I can't imagine, you know, every last person will show uh, that, uh, you know, commits. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, and then uh, where can they find yours again? So ours is in Overland Park, Kansas, which is just outside of Kansas City, Missouri. It's also Saturday, June 11th. We'll be starting uh, check-ins at uh, 10 a.m. Uh, we'll be doing check-ins for an hour, and uh, then we're going to be getting started at 11. Uh, very excited. Uh, a lot of our local players are already signed up and ready to go. We were uh, potentially anticipating uh, some out-of-towners, maybe some last-minute people trying to get their qualifications in, uh, but we have uh, your regional to the north of us, and I believe there's another south of us so everybody has plenty of options for getting their qualifications and so i don't anticipate us getting a whole lot of out of towners but if you're listening to this and you happen to be in the uh, uh greater kansas city area or just outside of the midwest uh swing on by we'd be happy to have you 
Yeah, I think I think there's a total of four this Saturday in the yeah. in the US. Um so a lot of qualifiers going on. Um unfortunately I think I've said this before, but fortunately ours had to be this Saturday and there was no other Saturday that our shop could do it. Uh, Literally no other Saturday um, because I actually wanted to go to yours. Uh, I was going to try to make the trip all the way out there. Um, And I even like gave three other dates and I was like, can any of these work? And they're like, no. I'm like, (laughs) "Uh, all right. (laughs) And then, so I had to give Robert, the 11th as the date because it was the only one and he's like well there's already a bunch that day and I'm like well so here's the thing <laughs> it's the <laughs> only one I have <laughs> yep. so but uh, with that said um, one other shout out for tournaments uh, Indianapolis uh, uh, Family Time Games that's Brett's home shop is doing their qualifier on, let me find it. I want to say it is June 25th. So two weeks from this Saturday. Uh, I don't remember what time it starts and all that, but you should be able to find the details uh, on the on their event page. Um, but amazing shop. Uh, Shane is the owner. I've been there a bunch of times. I love going there. Uh, They are not far from where Gen Con is. Um, So if you go there, you'll kind of get a rough idea of um, where Gen Con will be. Um, So lots of parking, lots of food, um, just a great time. Um, So I'll be going up there, and I'm not sure if Spencer's going to come with me. Uh, He went with me to the last – we both went up to – drove out to – um, Gamers Haven in Ohio for that event. Um, I ended up taking my my tiebreakers were horrible, but I did go three and one, um, which is like my curse. Uh, I can't tell you the last time I didn't. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, but my tiebreakers were horrible, so I think I took like uh, sixth place. I think I was like the worst three and one because every single one of my matches, even. Uh, even my loss and all of my wins were like narrows. Um, so I had a narrow loss and a bunch of narrow wins. It was, it was probably the one of the most stressful tournaments I've ever had just because, you know, (laughs) when their games are that close, your brain just starts to hurt. (laughs) So, so um, don't get, don't get me started on curses. That sounds like an okay curse to have. (laughs) I swear to God. I was cursed for a good two month stretch. I'm pretty sure I lost 15 games in a row. I think I hopped <laughs> on our group chat and it's like, I've, I've, I've got the song of ice and fire. Yips, man. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I've turned into the Rick and keel of song of ice and fire. I need to go down to the minors and reinvent myself as a hitter. Cause I can't seem to throw a pitch to save my life anymore. Uh, <laughs> I just went on this, long streak of just loss after loss. And I don't even want to know what my ELO is right now. It's probably 1100. Uh, it's, 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 it was rough, but, uh, I'm finally, (laughs) I'm finally coming out, out of it. Uh, but I still went three and one in the North American tournament, uh, losing my first three games and, and, picked on the other guy that was zero three with me. And it was just, it was just sad. I feel horrible. 
So you went one and three, not three and one. Yeah. Yeah, I went one and three, but it's just just you mentioning that you were cursed. It's like, oh, you want to talk about cursed? No, I was <laughs> cursed. I was getting drowsed by just everything. Uh, I couldn't win against the Baratheons to save my life, and then I'm bringing Night's Watch to Lannisters, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I should have this. No, I get tabled, and just awful, <laughs> awful stuff. Yeah, I... You know, I definitely, I guess, can't really complain that much. You know, a curse where you get exactly one loss every single tournament uh, is, you know, there's definitely could be a lot more to complain about. Because um, even like at a 2019 Adepticon, took I, I did go four and zero in the beginners tournament. Granted, back then I was a beginner. Uh, everyone technically was, um, and then qualifier events I went three and one and then for the finals I went two and one uh and then both gamer haven uh tournaments I went to three and one uh this past Adepticon um I went uh two and one at the team uh, team tournament two and one at the 55 point tournament three and one at the uh main event um uh, the qualifier event and then uh the casual tournament, um, I'd went four and zero, but again, that was a casual tournament, so I'm not necessarily counting the beginner tournament and the casual tournament, even if I did bring a complete jank uh, Stark list to the casual tournament, just to kind of keep it more on the fun side. But, but yeah, like as far like I just feel like oh, and uh, every single big tournament at um, Indianapolis. Uh, at Family Time Games uh, was all three and one, um, and I believe I've done four of them now. Yeah, it's 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 a little crazy how often I get uh, three and one. It's just it just you know first place is right there. It's like it's it's obtainable, but it's just ever out of my reach. <laughs> so we talked about how similar our experiences were uh, at back-to-back tournaments because you had talked about after uh, my nationals appearance, I went three and one, and my last game was against Brett, and he barely beat me, <laughs> and it was just so similar to the, how it, your experience with him as well. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> it could be it could definitely be annoying when you're right there on the verge of breaking through and either lose uh, your final game and, and being able, or it is kind of a, a winning, you lose your first game, but then you come back and win your next three. Uh, that's not so bad when that happens. Now, a crazy, like an astounding um, record I have is I am winless with secret mission missions so really um dark wings yeah dark wings dark words and uh old winds of winter i actually have not played a tournament with or no i have uh so i i take that back just recently in ohio i did i win uh no i i lost that one i believe no <laughs> did i now i can't remember um no, I did win that one. I won my very first secret mission one, but it's with one. I it's with the win, new Winds of Winter, which I don't have a problem with. That one, I think Simon did an amazing job balancing the secret mission cards with that mission. 
my record though with current Darkwing's Dark Words and Old Winds of Winter and Old uh, Darkwing's Dark Words, all three of those options, I'm winless in major, like, big events. Huh. Um, That's weird. And they always seem to be the last uh, round, which is like a pet peeve of mine. Um, having the last round be determined by a secret mission. Mission. <laughs> well, uh, it's a good thing you're not coming. It's a good thing you're not coming to ours because I've already pulled the missions or the uh, objectives for each round. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I think Dark Wings and Dark Words is round four for us. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, for ours, I know a lot of uh, here we stand. Uh, for my qualifier. Uh, Here We Stand is in the options. Um, The only one that isn't is Darkwing's Dark Words. Um, Hmm. And I've uh, I've already uh, mentioned um, uh, somewhere on the page uh, and to a bunch of the people in person that I will purposely make sure that Winds of Winter is not the last mission. (laughs) So I'm going to... Uh, to kind of keep, just in case I do end up playing, uh, and the only reason I will play is if, because uh, I will be TOing, is if there's an odd number, I will play uh, to make it even, to prevent buys, because I don't want someone to be screwed over by the buy uh, tiebreakers. Um, but also, I can't win anything. I can't win prizes. I can't win um, the invite, nothing. Um or the only other time I will enter is if we're at exactly 16 people. I'll enter to make it 17. That way we can get the extra invites. I know that sounds like cheating, but, you know, um, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll still pay entry and all that. Um, and I'll still not be able to win anything. I'll just kind of, you know, concede any prizes. Anyways, but my what my plan is to do is uh, I'm going to roll – randomly for each mission in front of everyone to make it as transparent as possible. Um, and I'm, But I'm going to roll for all of the rounds, and so everyone will know every round in what order they're going to be for each mission. And that's how I'll be able to be like, okay, if somehow Winds of Winter isn't round one, two, or three, it just isn't in the pool for round four. Um, okay. But Winds of Winter is still possible if it's rolled in any of the other rounds. And that's just kind of, I figure I'm the TO. I hate having it happen to me, so I'm going to make sure not to let it happen to anyone else, even though I'm probably the one in a million in the whole entire, you know, play group of uh, all of Ice and Fire that has that pet peeve. Hmm. Yeah, so I uh, I took a page out of the, uh, the tourney doc for Nationals last year where they actually posted each of the rounds and they had already had the missions uh, pre-selected and out for everybody to know before the tournament started. Uh, so I went ahead and did that. So I go, went ahead and randomly chose all four of my missions for all four rounds, and then I went ahead and posted that on the tourney doc. So everybody's aware of what missions we're going to be playing, so they'll be able to uh, build their list accordingly if they want to, or they could just you know nice. take, what, take what they planned on running normally anyway. But, uh, yeah, I just <laughs> thought that that would be uh, – that would be good because I, I I don't know if if people like that more knowing what missions or if they prefer it to be random. I'm not sure, but I just went ahead and did that anyway. What uh, what missions did you guys end up getting? So like I said, the uh, the last one was uh, was uh, Dark Wings, Dark Words. Uh, let me pull up here. 
because there we go. All right, so we have Feast for Crows round one, uh, Clash of Kings, then Game of Thrones, and then finishing with Dark Wings, Dark Words. Nice. At least it's a nice uh, it's a nice mixture there. Yeah. Because you got uh, what you got feast, which is the panic, you know, picking up the mm-hmm. objectives. So that's similar to dance with dragons, but you don't have dance. Um, you got Game of Thrones, which is five objectives, which uh, you know you don't have any other five objective missions. So that's nice. Um, Clash of Kings, which has three and a command, like a big commander uh, um, uh, aspect. But I don't mm-hmm. believe any others have a big commander aspect. So yeah, I think you got, and then you have one secret mission one. So I think you uh, randomly drew a really nice mixture of missions. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, so I'm I'm um, I'm really excited for for this tournament. Uh, it's been a while because uh, we had some trouble initially trying to get this regional off the ground. Uh, we had several back and forths with uh, with Robert on between my store and and like what the what they needed and they wanted some pictures from our last event and, and how many people and I don't know what got lost in the shuffle, be it on our ends or theirs, but it took a full two months by the time that they said, "Hey, uh, start submission submitting your uh, your regional uh, applications before we finally got ours uh, figured out." But during that time. Uh, I didn't want to put too many tournaments on the schedule because I didn't know when our regional would be. So we, I think it's been a good month or two since we've had our last tournament. So I'm ready to go here. I'm, I'm, I want to get some uh, competitive games in. Uh, TTS is fun, but nothing really beats uh, getting good tournament games on the table. Yeah, I agree. I you know, as much as I, you know, that's one of the reasons I love this game is that, you know, I like the casual part. I like the competitive, I like all aspects of it, you know, because I definitely have a competitive side. But, you know, playing every single game competitively kind of gets tiring. Then again, you know, playing everything casual, you know, you got that kind of com- uh, that competitive itch that you kind of want to just get some, you know, really, you know, some high-level competitive tournaments in. Um, so, you know, we've, I've been doing so much uh, casual stuff between uh, my nephew and Spencer and a few other people that I'm, you know, kind of itching for a big, uh, another big event. And I'm, secretly hoping there is an odd number or we do have 16 because I would love to kind of just uh, throw some models down. Uh, I also plan to run one of my unpainted armies so that way I can't even be judged for uh, for best painted, um, which would give me a nice excuse because for the larger events, I almost make it a point to run nothing but fully painted models so this will allow me to kind of experiment playing with a, a faction at a higher level event um, that I normally wouldn't get to since they're not painted oh uh, you either, just reminded uh, me I still need to paint my cotter pike <laughs> I, I, I don't have painted yet uh, I, I I have to have at least uh, my army somewhat painted I can't uh, I can't do unpainted anymore uh, which used to bother me but uh, I just like my Night's Watch and how I've got them painted, and I, I just I just like it better on the table. Even though I will never 
ever, 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 ever win best painted, I still like having them painted on the table. <laughs> yep. And, you know, and that's kind of how I've been. You know, I, I, like, need my stuff painted, but I could care less if my opponent's stuff is painted. You know, it could be bare plastic. It could be painted ugly. It doesn't matter to me, like, what my opponent has, but, like, my OCD, it drives me nuts when, like, my stuff isn't painted, Mm -hmm. to at least to some degree. Um, Granted, you know, owning, like, minimum two of every unit of every faction, it's going to happen. So, I like, the first thing I do when I get my models is I um, drummel sand, the bottom so that I can magnetize them, then I spray paint them, and then I paint their base, the basic color, so either brown or gray, depending on what that faction's trays end up being. So everything I own is already magnetized, spray painted, and, you know, I won't call it based, but, you know, painted the base color. Um, Mm. That way, you know, it at least has some sort of, like, uniform like nice uniformity without looking like bare plastic um uh, as i was mentioning um about baratheons greyjoys and starks greyjoys are like 95 percent done i'm really close to being 100 percent for the whole faction starks and baratheons kind of fell behind with me working on greyjoys they're both about fifth uh i'd say probably 55 percent done um so pretty close. And then my neutrals um, will probably be after those and that that faction. I have all the Boltons are 100%, but I have not started on any of the Stormcrows or the uh, Mummers yet. So, But su- super excited. I think I'm if I do end up playing Saturday, I am going to probably run Free Folk or Lannisters. Well, uh, I think I we might. know what Brett would think about that choice. Yeah, he would. Uh, he'd call me a scrub if I end up playing free folk and doing well. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's what he would call you, imagine what he would call himself because he's running free folk now. The traitor, yep. Brett. Brett is officially a free folk player. Exclusively, he's, he's, he sold he all is. his models. He couldn't beat him, and so he only decided owns to join free folk. <laughs> Yep. Uh, he uh, to learn to get good. <laughs> no, he pops. He pops into the group chat. He's like, "Hey, I just beat somebody with my new free folk list." I'm like, "Well, yeah, you, you keep saying the free folks op." Uh, <laughs> it's just that <it> never ends. <laughs> yeah, Brett's a Brett's a goofball. Free folk are the worst faction out there. They can't even win any games. Free folk are fine. <laughs> they need no changes. They need Raiders to go back to three points. No, I was thinking Raiders should be uh should be seven points. Seven but... points. Yeah, but you get but, but you get to bring three. No, but each model counts as five wounds. Oh, I got you. You know, because it's horde. Like, yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, that's what like yeah. sixty got sixty wounds. I mean, yeah, it sounds about what it should be. That's not too far from that concept that they said that they originally had, where the trays would clip together, so it would be oh one, yeah 
block that would move all together, but it would count as one unit? That's similar to like Conquest. Like Conquest, the, the trays don't click together, but each tray only has four models on it. But mm -hmm. uh, it's like you have a model with a base, and then so you'd fit four of them into a tray, which uh, is holds four models. And then you can make your regiment as large as you want. Like you could have like 20 trays, uh, and each tray, again, four models on it. So you'd have 40 guys, essentially. Uh, and as far as I'm aware, um, at least for the faction I play, there is no limit. So I think uh, think it, that's similar concept to what Simon was planning, potentially planning for the game. Yeah, I think they had a lot of early on ideas that they uh, decided weren't uh, weren't going to work. I remember them talking about why the original uh, box models were the way they are. They they planned on them being uh, interchangeable as far as their poses go that the original models were actually going to be in sprues that you would actually have to put together. But then they decided, ah, no, uh, it would probably be better for the game, which I really appreciate that these come uh, pre no assembly required, that you just uh, take them out of the box and you can play. But uh, because I think they made that decision late, they said uh, they still had those original static poses for like the Stark versus Lannister uh, starter boxes, uh, it wasn't bad poses by any means, but they were kind of uh, static. They weren't very dynamic. But with the new starters that came out, they've, they've definitely approved upon that. So, uh, but like the, there's those ideas, and then there's the ideas that uh, like the horde armies could actually you know click their trays together, and you could have like a three tray wide block of infantry that all moves together. That would actually be wild if they had actually pulled that off. And um, uh, I lost my turn. I thought you're uh, talking, and then I spaced. Um, <laughs> what did you say before the uh, the tray part? Oh, just talking about the uh, original models, uh, how they were in very static oh, yep. poses, because they had intended on them being uh, pieces as you'd actually put together like, you know, like 40 K or something where they were, they came in sprues and uh, you'd, you'd piece them together in whatever poses you decided that you wanted to have them in. But I think last minute they decided, no, we'll just do fully, uh, fully intact models that you could just take out of the box and play. But because they did it late, they didn't have the ability to change the poses that they had. And they just went ahead and sent it in uh, for them to make those models as they were. So that's 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 all I was being. No, yeah. So yeah, you jogged my memory there. The what I wanted to mention is that yeah, there's pros and cons to that. You know, it's always kind of cool to create your own poses and make them very, very dynamic. But after building a lot of stuff in Conquest, um, uh, and this isn't again a knock at Conquest. This is to just talk about the pros and cons of it. Um, if you make your guys too dynamic they don't end up fitting next to each other. Um, so, like, I've had that problem where I build them to be super dynamic on the on their tray, but then when you try to fit four guys on that tray, they're all bumping into each other, um, and it makes for trying to see which poses have to go in which slots. And that is super 
rare if ever happens with ice and fire at most you just kind of have to turn them a bit so their weapon isn't facing a certain way but uh, there's times in conquest where the guy just physically will not go in that spot because one guy's sword is completely overlapping where that guy would be or their wing or whatever it may be so um there's pros and cons obviously the pro uh to it is you know in ice and fire is you don't have to worry about that um you know but the pro in uh to uh conquest is the super dynamic awesome looking uh poses that you get to determine how they look so um so I see why they did it, um, especially because they're kind of going for um, that newer, you know, easy to get into newer player aspect. Um, you know, no other game that I know of is as easy to just kind of jump into. You know, literally, uh, you know, any anyone that wanted to for Saturday's tournament could literally pull a box off the shelf, a starter box off the shelf, plus one other unit rip them open, and play. Um, now, granted, you might have to buy the card pack too, but still, um, you know, or just have the app on your phone. Uh, you know, now that uh, the decks are updated, now, uh, you know, with, I guess, the exception to a couple tactics cards, but still, um, I would say you know, 99% of the game is literally you can just pull it off the shelf, unwrap it, and just start playing, which I think is amazing. Um, can't tell you how many times where new stuff has come out for Warhammer, and it's like, all right, awesome, I purchased it. All right, sit down, build it. All right, four hours later. All right, great. <laughs> it's finally built. All right, let's get one game in. All right, time to go home. Um, <laughs> By then you're too tired to get a game in. Yeah, sometimes, especially the older you get, it's like you get ha- you you get tired before you ever buy it and drive home. <laughs> like, why did I even come out? I should have just ordered it on Amazon <laughs> and I, it shipped I could, to my door. I could tell you if if it had been uh, you piece the models together uh, out of the box, I probably would not have gotten into the game. Uh, it was just so convenient. I, I saw it played. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And then I looked into it. It's like, yeah, you could just do this, do the model. There you go. Uh, that's what ended up getting me into it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing that they went that route, I think. I think for me, uh probably wouldn't have made much difference in whether or not I got into the game just because at that time when it came out, I was just super into uh, Warhammer um, and Age of Sigmar, so I was already building tons of models and painting them that way. Um, so probably for me, it would have just kind of been, you know, the usual. Like the fact that you don't have to build them is the weird part for me. Um, I mean, I've gotten used to it now, you know, after so many years of playing it. But um, initially, you know, it was super weird to just kind of open the box and just ha- basically, for the most part, be done. Minus, uh, you know, magnetizing. Um, but, uh, and then just, you know, it was also super weird because me being kind of OCD, like with my uh, Warhammer, you know, I magnetized all the weapons and arms and, you know, to swap out all the different options that you could do with the units. Uh, whereas, again, Ice and Fire, you don't have to do any of that. Like, 
you magnetize the base to the tray and you're done. You know, you don't have to like try to, you know, magnetize arms or, uh, you know, jet packs versus just regular backpacks and all that stuff. So it's definitely saved a lot of time. Uh, you know, the amount of time I save building and magnetizing small things, I can just put into painting more and that's why I'm able to just crank out way more painting with ice and fire than I ever could with uh, um, 40K or H Sigmar. Yeah, that, uh, I had not made the leap into 40K, H Sigmar, any of that. Uh, I did Star Wars, uh, miniatures games, Armada. I just now got into X-Wing. And both of those follow the same model. Very, very little assembly required. So I guess that's more my speed. Uh, in fact, I had never painted a model before I got into this game. I felt that uh, I did not have an artistic bone in my body for the longest time. And that I would be absolutely hopeless uh, when coming to painting miniatures. And I was right. But... I learned and I gradually got better at it and I'm actually fairly comfortable doing it now is, is quite a surprise to me. Again, I'm never going to win any awards, but uh, I I could paint a decent model. I mean, the tabletop standard, you know, throw it on the table. So yeah, that's a, that's a painted miniature. Uh, So yeah, I'm fine with that. So, uh, we have been talking in the chat as we've been talking here uh, about how to close the show. And I kind of wanted to tease some potential upcoming episodes and upcoming uh, discussion topics. Uh, Any of the listeners, you are free to weigh in on what you guys want us to talk about, or if you guys want to call in and talk about a particular subject, but we have quite a bit of list uh, quite a list of things uh, that we could talk about in, in future episodes. And if any of these uh, you know, spring your interest, uh, go ahead and let us know on Discord or uh, Facebook or any of the places that you can uh, that you can find us. So uh, potential topics. Uh, one of the ones that uh, that just came up was actually a friend of mine here in Kansas City uh, on Discord. He uh, recommended that we do a revisit on some of our opinions when we would discuss new units. Uh, that's one thing that we haven't really done where uh, we see a new reveal, we give our thoughts and how we think that it would work out. And we haven't really gone back to see if those predictions had actually uh, come true. If something was good when we thought that it wouldn't be or, or vice versa. So that would be interesting to talk about. Uh, there's a few things that I thought were going to be, pretty good in the last heroes box that turned out to be kind of meh. Uh, so yeah, that would actually be a good show uh, topic. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, like you said, you know, it's definitely something that we haven't ever really done is revisit, uh, you know, these units that sometimes we, you know, we either uh, spice them up, you know, way past, what 
their real potential is, or even kind of, you know, I'll say crap on, you know, some units that are like, you know, without outright saying it, but, you know, basically implying that they're basically unusable. Um, I don't know if we've ever really said those words or said it that strongly, but I I think, you know, uh, some might have taken taken it that way every now and then with, with some units that we talk about. So I think revisiting stuff would definitely help because like I, I've mentioned in the past is, you know, no matter how bad something looks, uh, I always give everything a try at least, I would say at least twice, uh, not even just at least once, um, but at least twice. I try every unit, every attachment, every commander, NCU, all that, um, just to kind of give it a fair shake um, and really try to uh, see if I find something that others might have missed. Um, you know, not to like get too off topic, but uh, even just in other games, for example, uh, um, the Dragon Ball Z card game that I used to play quite a bit before this uh, game, uh, we just kind of had like a, uh, you know, almost like a class reunion sort of a big event. It was like a $1,000 uh, um, prize uh, event where people came from all over the country uh, just to kind of see each other and play. And to kind of not take it too seriously, I just I ran some jank, you know, but with some stuff that I thought had some cool combo potential that people weren't expecting. And it, it worked the, exactly the way I, I thought it would. Um, it took so many people by surprise that it let me sneak in some, you know, some wins that, you know, that uh, – people weren't expecting um, and did fairly well with a list or with a, uh, a, a deck that would have looked at and kind of scoffed at. And I think the true can be said for any game, uh, even this one, that there's some lists and tech, uh, some lists and combos and stuff out there that uh, are yet to be discovered potentially because uh, something is looked at as being, in, uh, inferior to other options out there. Yeah, that uh, will definitely be a good topic of discussion. Probably could fill a whole show with that if we do uh, several units uh, or several of our previous shows. Uh, some of the other topics that we could potentially go over, some of these uh, would definitely not take up an entire show worth. Uh you know, perhaps maybe spending a few minutes on each because uh, one of these is how to grow your community. Uh, there are certainly ways to do that uh, in, in everyone's area, uh, but, you know, it, it would only be just a handful of suggestions of things that either we've tried or we've heard of as, as working. Uh, most of the time that just involves uh, just being available, maybe taking the lead in your area and uh, just spearheading the whole thing. Um, after COVID, it fell to me in my area to kind of take the charge on organizing tournaments and trying to get engagement up. Uh, the previous uh, previous uh, people in my area had kind of fallen away uh, uh, because uh, they either lost interest in the game or or COVID had uh, had disrupted their their you know gaming lives and they weren't available anymore. So, you know, that's something that we could also discuss. Um, Metalists and how to beat them if you're having 
people with the double stag champs, with glory seekers uh, like I am, uh, I would love to know your ideas because they are probably the bane of my existence right now. Very, very tough stag champs with glory seekers. Um, how to deploy against uh, your opponent? Yeah, deployment. Oh, go ahead. I was going to add on to that. Um, it is a bit of an older show, um, mm-hmm. almost exactly a year old. Uh, uh, but if you go to uh, – it, it was uploaded on uh, May 12th of 2021, uh, Community Building and Positivity. Um, that one should have a lot um, – a lot of that stuff in there and how to like build your community and how to kind of, you know, cause I know we've talked about that one before, but it has been a while. So I figured that's, it's on our list uh, for topics just because it, one, it was uh, recommended by a, um, someone in discord. Uh, but you know, also, like I said, it's been a while since we touched on that and it's always a great topic to kind of, kind of go over because, you know, we always want to be, um, you know, advertising or not advertising, uh, promoting this game and trying to build a community. And so, you know, uh, taking a little time out uh, uh, to kind of revisit and rehash some of those uh, um, tips and uh, ideas for doing that is, I think, always worth it. But uh, in the meantime, definitely go revisit that episode, uh, and that should cover a good chunk of it. And we'll probably, uh, down the line, revisit it and kind of maybe even do a little updating or add some stuff that we missed. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they should uh, definitely go back and listen to that. In fact, I'm pretty sure I called in on that episode. So <laughs> if you enjoy listening to me, uh, yeah, go back and listen to that one and uh, and refresh if you don't enjoy listening to me, uh, well, I'm I'm sorry. I'll I'll try to do better. Um, so we are trying, my lord. Try harder. Yes, yes, that's a very very good point. I should try harder <laughs> to do better. Um, so other potential topics. A lot of these are uh, maybe uh, tactics on how to deal with your tactics deck or probably use ranged units, how to deal with certain factions, you know, proper positioning, things like that. We could absolutely discuss those. Um, triggers and tithings, just uh, factions overviews. Uh, now, the tier lists. Uh, tier lists hold a special place in my heart. I did a uh, tier list with uh, Sunday Slaughter for, for NCUs, and that was so much fun. Uh, I would absolutely love doing more tier lists for the decks, NCUs, units, commanders, that sort of thing. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, picking top five in tactics cards or top five units or top five uh, attachments. Uh, I think that'd be fun as well. And I'm assuming here, uh, best player for each faction, uh, we, we would invite to the show uh, one player that we deem is uh, you know, the top of their craft in, in particular factions maybe talk to them and pick their brain on what they think about their factions. Uh, that would be a lot of fun as well. So we have a and huge... we're... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, for, like, best player, it, it might be, like, a combination of what the hosts on small council have kind of agreed upon. Not only that, but we might even, like, take the community's uh, vote um, and let that weigh in. 
you know, obviously if we do a vote and then it just becomes like a popularity contest rather than like a merit of like someone that really is, you know, probably the best in their craft. Um, and I think that list is ever changing. I don't think, let's say, let's say best player in each faction, let's say just pull out Starks. Um, I don't think there's ever been one player that has been the best Stark player for all existence of Ice and Fire. And then, again, that such a um, subjective, you know, uh, thing. So um, it wouldn't be like this person is like the, the Hall of Fame, the legend, uh, but just kind of, you know, and we might even feature multiple, you know, if we might even have like two people on for each faction, if like, if there's really no like discernible, like who is better. Uh, and it's not even necessarily like for like a, uh, like a contest, like, oh, well, you're the best player out there. No one else can compete, but just kind of to pick their brain, you know, kind of have, and we say best player, we might even just reword it to say a little different but just to have someone on that's considered like among the very best of that faction to kind of come on dissect that faction and really kind of give some of you a deep dive into their thought process in running that faction yeah i think we could get a lot of mileage out of doing that uh, that would be a lot of fun to do and i think it'd be very interesting for the audience to be able to uh to be able to learn from, from these players as well. Cause some of these players, uh, they might not have the, uh, the footprint. They might have, have access to, uh, the podcast. They, they're, they're on discord for certain, but there's only so much that you can type in those discord boxes. So being able to get on the air and then express, uh, their views and their thoughts, uh, in podcast form could be a whole lot of fun. So, yeah, that's just an example of some of the topics that we could have in upcoming shows. Uh, we had uh, talked about in previous episodes when I was on here that uh, we're going to try to get out more regular content. Uh, I have just been introduced to how blog talk radio functions, which was very informative. Uh, I had to, I had to have my <laughs> hand held throughout the entire time because I had no idea how this worked, but now I do. So it's possible if we end up going a period of time, uh, where uh, Dave can't do show, uh, I might be able to initiate one myself and either run it solo or have my own guests or things like that, uh, where we can just try to get this regular content out for the folks because we know uh, that uh, that the community can be hungry for content at times and just want to have something going in the background while you're painting or or doing your hobby stuff. So we totally understand that, and we're going to try to get that content out um, quickly and regularly. And uh, on top of that, trying to get uh, get some upgrades and some uh, some new interesting improvements to the show with our uh, audio clips and sound bites. And I plan on uh, trying to introduce actual regular recurring segments to the show, uh, where we'll have some audience interaction. Uh, to call in and and uh, and interact with the host as well. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun moving forward, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I think uh, between, you know, me, you, Brett, and some of the other hosts, uh, 
and with uh, you now kind of being on board with knowing how to create and run the whole program uh, yourself, um, because kind of that was kind of our problem before uh, you know you came into the fold, is that I was the only one that really knew how to run the program. Uh, so even on uh, for those you know that uh, were on for the uh, and listened to the episodes where I wasn't there, I actually still was t- kind of there. I I set up the show, I started it up, I let everyone on. I just wasn't there talking. I was just kind of let the program run in the background as I was doing work or whatever it was that uh, was preventing me from being on that show. But I still had to physically like be doing some of it. But now with uh with Cyruson to the fold, um, you know, you know, he can just be like, hey, I'm gonna do a show. Be like, all right, cool. And then uh he can, you know, start it up and uh invite who he wants to invite and just get more content out there for you guys because I know I keep saying this uh and I do apologize again. I believe it it uh we missed last week. Uh we're kind of working on this audio stuff and trying to figure out a new schedule. Uh, no promises, but we are going to try to aim for every Tuesday. Um, that might turn into another day from here, uh, from time to time, or we might even do multiple days a week. Uh, uh, it just all depends. Um, but we're going to aim for Tuesdays at 8 or 9 o'clock, roughly, give or take. Um, we're trying not to hold it to an exact day and time, but, uh, but that's, that's what we're shooting for at the moment. Yep, that is the current plan. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, get this going. Because uh, yeah, I've, I've seen uh, that the uh, small council Discord can get a little quiet at times. Uh, that might be a side effect of the the irregular content. If we can, with we can be more regular and get our engagement up, I think uh, I think the Discord is probably going to be popping. So. Uh, with that being said, uh, if you have nothing else, we could probably close out this episode with our fancy new outro. Nope, think? I think we're all good. All right. Well, in that case, this is the small council, and it is dismissed. still here. Why?